Welcome to Catholic Leadership for Civil Society, an intentional community of Catholic leaders. This is a space about Catholic leadership, but not for the parish or the diocese. This is Catholic leadership for the world. Stay with us and allow us to share with you a vision handed to us by the Second Vatican Council to help advance the mission of the church. It all boils down to one idea, engaging society as civic leaders. My name is Christopher Pereira. I am your host and my co-host Erin Monin is also in the room. Good morning, Christopher, and good morning, everyone. Um, before we start, if you could take the time now to ping five people, five Catholic professionals that you know and follow in Clubhouse. When you do this, their friends will be notified and attracted to the room. And of course, that means that they are invited to join us. So if you could take some time now to do that, we would really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, Erin. And, and today's topic. As, as you know, if you're a regular of the room, you understand that every week we discuss this overarching idea or concept, which is Catholic leadership for civil society. What is unique about this idea that we're promoting? This is our mission, Erin and I, every week. We want to remind lay Catholics that our true call, uh, our true vocation as lady is to be ambassadors of Christ out in the secular world, in civil society. And if God has blessed us with a professional career, then we have a tremendous opportunity to influence society as leaders. So that's what this room is about every week. And every week we have a subtopic. And this week is titled Reclaiming Christendom. Now we're beginning with something uh, special, something fun that we want to do every week. As you know, those of you that are part of this room every week, we have a Telegram group. If you follow me or Aaron right at the top of our profiles here on, on Clubhouse, you will find a short link to our Telegram group. And we invite you to join that Telegram group. We're going to begin doing something new, which is every week. We'll place, because we cannot share images here in Clubhouse, we'll share the image of the week, which is going to be a, it's going to be an awesome, awesome image. <laughs> we love classical art, so we're going to try to uh, rescue some of the greatest work of arts, even the ones that we don't know uh, who were they, who they were painted by. <laughs> if we like them, we'll share them. If they, if they help convey the, the message of the topic being discussed this week. So if you're part of our tele Telegram group, you uh, can see now the image of the week, which is a beautiful work of art, author, artist, un unknown, uh, which is a painting, a depiction of a battle as part of the Crusades. And, and today's conversation is not about the Crusades. So I, I don't want us to digress, digress too much on, on that topic, the Crusades, which is something that if you know, if you really know your Catholic history, it is. They are nothing to be ashamed of. They are actually something to be very proud of. If you do know your Catholic history, and know not the other stories that are being told around the Crusades, but uh, this image that we have shared with you in our Telegram group, which you can find through going to my bio or Aaron's bio, is an image of Christian knights battling, uh, battling the infidels, battling those who would uh, uh, constantly, constantly harass or take the lives of Christian pilgrims in the Holy Land. And this is what the Crusades were, uh, were about, at least when they, start, when they started. And, and this brings us back to the idea that we want to discuss today, which is that of reclaiming Christendom. Many of us today look at the world, look at everything that's happening, that's going on in society, and we look at it, and when I say look at it, we really look at it when we look at, uh, when we watch the news, when we read what's ha happening in America and the rest of the world, we look at all of this and all of the chaos, the world is upside down, and we look at all of this and we feel frustration, we feel sadness, we feel a, a nostalgia, uh, of knowing that there was a time, there was a time and a, and a space in, in the history of humanity, at least of Western civilization, in which Christ was at the center of everything we did as human beings, as, as civilized uh, people. And, 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 and we remember it by the name of Christendom. And today many people talk about Christian civilization, and when they refer to it, 
they they talk about uh, with some surprise, saying that we must uh, defend Christian civilization or 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 guard against the potential destruction of Christian civilization. But today I want to submit to you the idea that Christian civilization no longer is. Christian civilization has been destroyed. Not the church, mind you. I want to be clear. The Catholic Church will never be destroyed by its enemy, its only enemy, which is the devil. Everybody else is only working for him or being influenced by him when they're trying to destroy it. But the church will never be destroyed. We know. We know that because Christ promised us that. He will be with us until the end of times. However, Christian civilization, Christian society, this beautiful culture that the West started and is spread even farther than the West, and that we, we, we refer to as Christendom, that no longer is. And I want to submit to you that we're standing in the ruins of Christian civilization. So what we need to think about, what we need to be resetting our minds towards is rebuilding. It is time to rebuild. Because there was a time when there were only 12, and those 12 did not know what Christendom would look like, but they knew that they had a mission to take the gospel to every corner of the world. So today, we want to submit to you that we can also get started with that same spirit, that same faith and hope in the mission that has been placed in front of us. The mission has not expired until our, our, our Lord comes back. The mission is going. The mission is continuously going, and we need to continue to carry on that mission, which we have inherited as, as Catholics. So let us take back Christendom. Let us reclaim Christendom. And that's what the topic of the of the room is today. And I invite everybody, everybody in the room, and thank you for joining us. Giselle, Stan, Norma, Elizabeth, Mary, Deborah, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Cecilia, Rafael, Michelle. Please join us if you want to share anything, anything at all that you're looking at in the news, particularly when we watch what's going on in America and around the world, and we watch with concern. And we, we Let's talk about what's, what's happening, but let's also talk about what it will take to bring back Christendom, to reclaim Christendom. And Erin, I know that you have some concrete ideas because we've discussed this, uh, and, and I know that you have, there are three steps, three very concrete steps that we need to uh, uh, talk about in terms of reclaiming Christendom. Would you please share those with us? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, Christopher and I have talked a lot about this topic. We are, I think we've shared this already. I think it's okay to share. We're, we're writing a book, and um, one of the topics we do discuss is reclaiming Christendom. And I had the great pleasure of writing the chapter where we do discuss this. Um, and, you know, it was kind of hard because initially this topic, when Christopher and I were first discussing it, I didn't even understand what it meant. So it's been really cool to not only learn from Christopher and, of course, um, do my own research and read from the Vatican II documents where they talk about this topic, but also to understand what are the really practical, if we just get down to the basics, what are the practical ways that we can reclaim Christendom and actually live this out in our lives. Cause it's a very, like I read that, or I looked at that topic and I was like, okay, I don't even know where to begin. So, um, I broke it down into three, um, easier, like bite-sized topics. So the first is prayer. The second is, um, Oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. Hard work. <laughs> and the third is determination. And we may think of that and be like, okay, well, I could have said that or I could have thought of that. But um, what I did was look at what Christ's life actually entailed. What did he really do? What were the things that he focused on. And I, as I was thinking through this topic today, I think I actually talked a lot about these in another room. I have no idea which topic we were discussing at that time, but I did talk about these. Um, I remember specifically determination. I know I went into that, but what are the ways that we can incorporate prayer, hard work, and determination into our own lives? So those are kind of the three subtopics of <laughs> reclaiming Christendom that we really want to focus on today. Um, so I'll just give some 
opening thoughts on each, and then we can kind of take the conversation from there. So in talking about prayer, you know, of course, this is a broad topic, but when we look at Christ's life, how did he pray? How did he teach others to pray? What did this really do for um, Christians and for Christendom? as he was, I mean, as he was instituting it, of course, because he is um, the one who started uh, Christianity. But, you know, what, what, what did he really do? What did prayer really look like? So I found in the Gospel of Luke, it talks a lot about this. There are a few examples specifically, and we can, I can go into these later. But basically what it comes down to is prayer is powerful, um, one example is that Jesus, after he was baptized by John the Baptist, he prayed and heaven was open. You know, that, that's powerful. Um, also in Luke, he, he talks a lot about how Jesus withdrew to deserted places to pray. Despite all these crowds that had assembled around to listen to him, his, his first inclination was, no, I need to go talk to my father before I can carry out what I'm going to do. And some people may have thought, you know, this is selfish. We're all here to hear him speak. We're all here to be healed, whatever it was at the time. But he often went off to pray before he did anything. And it just goes to show us that we literally cannot do anything without God's help. And that comes directly from Jesus's example. You know, Jesus is God, you know, when we're talking about the Trinity, that that's who he is. But even he knew that he had to go to his father before he could carry out certain things. Well, everything in his ministry, but he, he definitely did it at each step of the way. And then the other example that I was able to, Poll that is really, really important is Jesus would not only go away to deserted places, often he spent entire nights in prayer. Um, there's a specific example from Luke chapter 6 where it talks about this, but he understood something that a lot of us don't, is that like living out the mission of the church cannot be done without him. And it goes back to what I was just discussing, but if Jesus, who is God, spent countless amounts of time in prayer for his ministry, then we can and we certainly should be doing the same for our own missions and our own apostolates. So that's that's prayer. And we can, of course, talk about that. Um, hard work, you know, we, we understand what that term means um, on the surface, but in the sense of being a Catholic, being a Christian, we all know that verse from Matthew 16 where it said, where he said to his disciples, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to lose his life, or save his life, will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Um, we know right from that one, two, one or two sentences that it's not going to be easy. We already know from the get-go, it is not going to be easy to be a Christian. Um, Christ never said it would be. He never promised it would be, but he did say he would be there and he would help us and we can do this with him. So that's something that we have to keep in mind that rebuilding Christianity, rebuilding Christendom is hard work and it's going to be hard work, but Christ is with us and he can, he is going to do this with us. You know, it can often be discouraging when we look around and see how every area of society is plagued by the devil. It's very easy. We, I, I don't need to read off all the things to you all because you know, I mean, it's, he's in the family unit, he's in the government, education, healthcare, business, the nonprofits, nonprofit sector, the list goes on. The devil is, is in every area, but so is God. And if we do the work that he has called us to, we can reclaim all of these areas back for, um, for Christ. And then lastly, determination. Um, this one is, 
you know, we, we look at determination, we like, well, I understand what determination is. But I want us to think of it from a different perspective. So Thessalonians 2.8 says, with such affection for you, we were determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very selves as well. So dearly beloved had you become to us. So we're not necessarily talking about determination in the sense of, because we can think, oh, well, determination sounds a lot like hard work. So aren't you kind of (laughs) repeating yourself? But technically, no, because God has called us to be determined to share life with others, share the gospel with others. That's the determination that he is talking about or that we're talking about here and that we hear from Thessalonians and that we're called to. This is the kind of determination. Um, I've mentioned this before in one of our other rooms, but if we look at what Christ actually, like what what, what did Jesus actually do during his ministry is he spent time, he spent three years camping and traveling with 12 men. Like that was the core of what he was spending his time doing. So if we really look at it that way, in a in that very simple way, of course, there was a lot that went into that, but he was literally camping and traveling for three years with 12 of his friends. That's what his ministry boils down to when we just very, very simplify it. But that's what he calls us to do. He calls us to go into people's lives and people's hearts and be their friend, be determined to share life with them. And from that will flow opportunities to share the gospel because in time we gain that trust, we gain their affection, we gain their whatever, we develop a true Christ-centered friendship, and then from that can flow all of this goodness, all of these things that Christ wants to um, use us to share with others. So I know that was kind of a lot, but I just want to set the stage up really well for us to have this conversation based on some of the things that I had um, determined that we can practically look at as to how to live this out. So I would love to hear people's thoughts, people's questions. Please raise your hand if you would like to come to the stage. And uh, thank you for listening to all of that. That was awesome, Erin. Thank you very much for for sharing with us those three um three areas in which we need to focus in order to reclaim uh, Christendom and what they mean. I'm so excited to see so many Tepeyac leaders in the room. Chris, Nate, I just realized that was you, Nate, Gina, Vanessa, Christopher, and Rafael, Cecilia, uh, Mary, Norma. By the way, those of you who do not have your photo with the TLI background, green background in the back, you need to change it immediately. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I do like to see how Chris and Norma and so many others are using it as their profile. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We also have some people who are friends of TLI, uh, Delila and, and, and Debbie, who was a board member until very recently. Thank you for joining us. I think about the topic today, and those of you who haven't, please go to my or Erin's profiles to join our Telegram group, Catholic Leadership for Civil Society. We have shared in there the image of the week. And we're going to do that every week. And I have in front of me because it, it really helps me, helps, me, helps me with inspiration. I love classical art. And this is an image of a battle as part of the Crusades. And I think of the Crusades and I love that image, that image of the, of the Crusaders. It's, it's so inspirational for me. Uh, you know, I'm a history major and I'm a, his, I'm a history buff. And I so inspired by it. And I connect the points that Erin talked about, prayer, hard work, and determination to the crusades. And the crusade that we need to begin today, today, we are in need of a crusade, a crusade of Catholic professionals who are willing to become influential leaders in civil society. That's the crusade that we need to fight today. Back in the days, Christian knights will arm themselves, prepare themselves, but not only physically. I want you to understand, if you have read the history, that the knights that fought in the the Crusades were men of prayer. Just like Aaron was describing, they would never go into battle without having prayed the rosary, without having prepared themselves, having gone through confession and mass, daily mass. These were men and men and women, some people don't know that women, this was rare, but women also defended 
the Christian pilgrims uh, whenever it was needed in the Crusades. Today, men and women need to go into battle. Today is more of a spiritual battle and start with prayer and then put on the hard work to fight the battle. And we do need determination because the devil is all around us and he's going to try to bring us down, bring down our spirit and try to discourage us. Let me tell you this. As, as, as the head of Tepeyac leadership, I am constantly, constantly, this is not something I, I share with share uh, very often, but I am constantly bombarded, attacked by the devil. I realize it now, and my spiritual director has helped me understand it, that I am constantly uh, uh, attacked by the devil, trying to discourage me from the work that I'm doing through Tepeyac leadership. And I know that this is the case for all Christians, for all lay Catholic professionals uh, like you who are joining today. You are being constantly discouraged and attacked by the devil so that you do not have prayer in your life, so that you do not work hard on whatever it is you're supposed to be doing, and so that you do not do it with determination. But if we want to retake Christendom, if we want to... uh, bring Christ back to every space, every space of civil society. We need to, we need to begin to address these areas in which we're called to be very active. Without prayer, we are useless. We're simply useless. A Christian, St. Jose Maria used to say, St. Jose Maria Escriva, a a sanctity, a saint without prayer. I don't believe in such, such sanctity, he would say. There's no saint without prayer. And if we understand who we are and what we were made to be, we need to understand that God wants God wants us to be saints. That's what, what he created us for. He didn't make us for any other reason. God made us to be saints. But we cannot be saints and we cannot re- retake, reclaim Christendom without prayer. Chris, Delila, welcome to the stage. Uh, maybe you can go first, Chris. You, you came up first. Hi, good morning. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I uh, listening to you and Aaron discuss uh, these things, um, just the attacks. And, and I think, Aaron, what really stuck out for me with your talk is that uh, prayer. Um, I, I struggle with prayer and discernment uh, all the time and kind of have more of a question. It's um, how do you how do you thank you? How do you get through? Uh, those times when you kind of have that, you feel like you're empty and that you just don't have it in you to pray. Or, I mean, you just, you want to do something else besides pray because you've had a long day. Like, how do you overcome that? Because uh, I, I need help. <laughs> um, I don't know who exactly you're asking, but I can take a jab at it. Um, so, yeah, I experienced that a lot too. Like, there are times where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I... You know, it's the end of a long day or even maybe it's the beginning of a long day. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I have a million and one things to do or I've done a million and one things already. And I I don't have time to pray, whether if, if you know, it's in the morning or, you know, I at the end of the day, I just want to go to bed. Um, one of the things that I have found very helpful for me is sometimes um well, actually every day I, I have a routine now, but um, I listen to my prayers via audio. And I've been listening to the same prayer for almost a year now, so I have it memorized. So it's not like I'm like passively listening. I'm actually praying along. But it's easier to listen to my prayers sometimes when I'm in the car or, you know, doing dishes or just these mundane other tasks that um, I would otherwise either be listening to music or just doing in silence, which both of those are fine as well. But if it is a busy day or you know, I, that's the time that I can do my prayer, then that's when I do it. So I'm sure some people would disagree with, well, if you're listening, you're not, maybe that doesn't really count as prayer. But I think what we have to talk about in that situation too is the intention. Of course, my intention is to pray and to grow closer to God and grow in my relationship with Him. But sometimes sitting down and 
praying the rosary or reading through some prayers um, that I haven't yet memorized or doing anything other kind of prayer um, can't always happen day to day. So that would be my one bit of advice is, is if it is hard for you to get motivated or, you know, prayer is the last thing on your mind, um, which we're human, that happens to all of us. Um, like I said, I, that happens to me all the time as well. Um, you know, sometimes prayer via audio is, is a good way to go. And, and even if you don't have the prayer memorized, you can still be listening to the words and God knows your intention and you're, I mean, in a sense, you're learning a prayer as well. So that would be one example I have just from my own life. But of course, anyone else on the stage can chime in. Thank you. And, and, and so just to kind of elaborate a little bit more where the struggle is, it's like, I have this tendency to jump into things for the sake of, of trying to do good or trying to uh, represent a certain ideal. Um, but I, I jump in feet first and, and I don't really look back. And then I, I'm in the middle of it. And then I realize what am I getting myself into? And then it just, it just there's this sense of overwhelming kind of just everything kind of coming at once on top of me. And even if I turn to prayer, it's like, I don't even know what I'm praying about at that point. It's like, I'm so lost. And so I guess from, from this leadership perspective, what I see a lot is many people, they're, they're kind of hesitant to get into, um, you know, a a role or step into the breach, if you will. Um, and there's just, there's, there's not, there's certainly some discernment involved and, and the, the prayer part is something that I think that um, is, is a struggle because we haven't maybe formed ourselves or we haven't really been formed well enough in that realm. I mean, I remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about prayer in the workplace and I had a lot of things to say about it that I do put into practice, but it also is still a struggle, right? And that's that human element. But I, I do love those suggestions, Aaron, with uh, the audio. I, I know I've tried to dive into that. I'm like, am I the only one doing this? <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And now after you set, kept talking afterwards, I realized I didn't completely answer your question. I'm sorry. I, I misheard it, I think, but, um, to that point too. I think. You No, it was, it was perfect. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Just all, I will make a comment on it though. Um, yeah, we can also, yeah, just get so wrapped up in things and jump into things. And then we're just like, wait, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Or what do I even say to God about this? Or how do I have guidance or discern the guidance or hear the guidance from him? That happens to me a lot too. Um, so yeah, I don't really have any advice because I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as <laughs> you. Um, I tend to dive into things before praying about them. So Chris, sounds like you have something to say, so I'll let you take the reins. <laughs> I have several thoughts on prayer, uh, but you, I'm not going to share them because Delila, Vanessa, Giselle, and Elizabeth are on the stage, and I want to hear them first. Delila, please go. Thank you for inviting me, um, and uh, thank you for allowing me to think out loud. Uh, when it comes to prayer, I really appreciate, Erin, um, your words and, and helping us remember that Jesus will remove himself, go away from the crowds to pray to the Father. And I think that sometimes we get too lost and too caught up into the physicality of what prayer or being in the presence of God is. And we forget that the first thing we need to do is get out of our head. We really need to make space to not think because if we do that, then we open our heart to the presence of God. And sometimes prayer is not about what we recite, what comes out of our words, but more about being present and being open to feel, to hear, to live through the guidance. So thank you both. This is a great conversation and a a great gateway to think about our own prayer time and whether it needs to be structured, whether it needs to be in physical isolation, or perhaps, as I was suggesting, just getting out of our heads so that we can be in the presence of God. Thank you, Delila. Thank you very much for sharing that. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Vanessa, would you share? 
Yes. Thank you so much for having me on here. Um, I did change my background to a TLA background after you. Yay. <laughs> um, and I also wanted to say, I really like how you mentioned that you feel constantly attacked by the devil. And I realize this as I grow more in holiness. Um, I feel like it's so much easier to detect when the devil is present. Um, and, you know, other people that might not be um, close to God, they don't recognize that. So um, it makes me feel even more called to pray for myself and for others in our world. Um, but I did want to discuss this book called The Benedict Option. Um, my friend had recently recommended it to me and I absolutely loved it. Um, so I listened to it on Audible and it is a strategy for Christians in a post-Christian nation. Um, I learned so much from this book. Um, and they really focus on, you know, what is holy is supremely important. Many people don't know anything about their faith, and they really don't see the problem, which is pure ignorance. Um, we must start in our own communities, um, specifically within our families, first and foremost, um, and know our neighbors. Um, you know, we must desire to live out the Word of God because divine presence is everywhere. Um and we don't want our values to be undermined by the company that we keep. However, we can lead by example. Um, another thing that the book mentioned is, you know, just as it takes willpower to not only learn about how to improve fitness and health, um, it actually um, requires us to apply it. And this same thing applies to our own faith. You know, um, it's not about just going to mass. It's about living out our faith every single day, no matter what. Um, and... I, I like how um, Aaron is talking about determination and um, it, it reminded me from the book, you know, they talked about showing moral excellence and love. And I think that is so important, um, you know, to remind ourselves to show moral excellence and love um, in all areas of our life, you know, at work, at home, um, you know, no matter who we are hanging out with as well. Um, and another thing I wanted to mention from the book is, um, they, they had a little thing about sanctity and stability, and that kind of just stuck with me. Um, and I feel like it's a really good reminder as I kind of go about my day. Thank you, Vanessa. Absolutely. I think I have heard of that book so many times. I have to read it. Now I have to read it now that I heard it from you again. It's it's a sign. And thank you for showing your, your uh, TLI photo. That's a great photo. Um, loved it. Loved it. Thank you very much. Giselle, would you please share with us? <laughs> thank you. Um, for the reminder, I I met Rachel. I um I I love listening uh, uh to like um there are a few rosary groups on Clubhouse. I love to listen while I I do something or or another. I or I like to uh, if I don't have I I don't I just don't feel like. Praying, I don't know. A lot of times, I like to listen and pray along with uh, uh, um, YouTube videos or this uh, mobile rosary app I have. Um, yeah, I use audio most of the time. Uh, yeah, or um, or on uh, live on Facebook. A lot of money on Facebook. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, a prayer is not only is not a, not um, you can it's not only on what on on our own we can pray with others. Thanks for sharing, Giselle. Yeah, you made a good point about praying with others. That's so powerful. Um, I'm probably going to butcher it, but there's a verse in the Bible that says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. It's along that tune, and you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, you got it right. Okay. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, how powerful um, to be able to pray with others. And then also as a motivation, because yeah, as as Chris and I were um, conversing back and forth earlier about like trying to find you know, either the motivation to pray or, or we jump into things and then we forget to pray or we don't know how to pray about them or, you know, there's so many different situations that we can find ourselves in because, like I said, we're human, and but we are called to pray and praying with others can be such a beautiful experience and a powerful experience and it can certainly <laughs> motivate us if we don't feel like praying alone. So, thank you for bringing that up. That's such a good point and um, 
very helpful for this conversation. Um, Elizabeth, go ahead. Hi, Erin. Hi, Christopher. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm probably going to forget a lot of what I had on my mind. I've been driving, but I just want to echo a lot of what Chris and Vanessa and Delilah uh, and Giselle has already said. Um, I myself am someone who also struggles to pray, as you mentioned, Chris. Um, it's something I've struggled with for a long time, but you know, most particularly the last few years because my family's been through a lot of trauma. And I'm at that point in my life where um, I really desire that deep connection, um, that deep desire to want to pray, to feel more connected. And I just feel almost lost in a sense that every time I try to pray, it's like I'm at a loss of words or at a loss of how to feel that um, connection to our Lord. And Um, You know, I know all the prayers, I know the rosary, I know the chaplet, but I often feel like when you know it so well, it just, in a sense, it becomes like this reciting rote, like it's memory, but I don't feel, I don't feel much behind the words, you know, and I think that's why I struggle so hard to pray because other than saying those prayers that I've memorized, I feel at a loss for words. And so, you know, Aaron, what you said, how you like to, when you're doing those mundane tasks, it really does help to just have like something playing when you're doing the dishes um, to at least feel some kind of presence there. But um, something like there's nothing new about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Something that I have found super helpful, and I certainly don't do it enough. Like I need to do it so much more. And it's something I'm really working on. Like Vanessa, as you had said, just like health and fitness is an intentional practice, so prayer needs to be as well. And that's something that I really need to hold myself accountable for. But um, my mom was, uh, I mean, she was a servant uh, Christian. And she, when she would pray, she would be on her knees staring at the the sacred heart of Jesus picture. And she said that being on her knees and staring at that picture helps her to be so much more focused and in tune because the act of being on your knees, it actually takes like muscle. Like you have to hold yourself up. You know, it's not like you're leaning on a pew. And so I, again, I don't do it enough, but when I do it, it really helps me to get in that that zone in a sense. And even if it's just like a couple of minutes, it really helps a lot. So, um, gosh, there was so much more I wanted to say, but it it makes me realize, think about what Delilah said about how Jesus had to go in isolation sometimes. Great. And so that's something I need to hold myself more accountable for. It'll come back to you, Elizabeth. Please let us know when it does. But I do want to share some thoughts on prayer because uh, we definitely have something to say about it in, at, at, um, here in this room, Catholic Leadership for Civil Society, and Tepeyac Leadership, which is the organization that many of us are familiar with. Some of you in the audience are graduates of the program. Some of you are current program participants. And you will, if you haven't, have a session and a presentation that's titled uh, A Plan for Spiritual Life. And this happens in the last session of the program. What we talked about, what we talk about during that presentation is having a structured prayer life and sacramental life. You see, there's many types types of prayer, but if we want to take our relationship with Christ seriously and our prayer life seriously, because it happens through the sacraments and through our prayer life, then it needs to be structured. It doesn't mean that we cannot have impromptu prayer, that when we can just suddenly kneel down or or pray where we are because we felt moved to do so. Or it doesn't mean that we shouldn't, every Catholic should practice contemplative prayer. We need to be contemplative souls. And throughout the day, in the in the different circumstances of life and the people that we talk to and, you know, and the beautiful sunset, everything that happens, and not just the beautiful things, right? The horrendous commute <laughs> to work, everything that happens, it's an opportunity for dialogue with God. And that's contemplative prayer. We need to be thinking about God and, and be contemplative souls throughout the day, throughout our lives. But that's one way of prayer. We should also have structured prayer. 
prayer in our lives. And what that means is that just like we plan everything else, and Chris, you haven't, but you will have a presentation on this. Just like we plan for everything else, we need to plan for our prayer and sacramental life. We need to pray exactly. You know, many of you are business people. And you might have a business plan or you, uh, maybe you, and especially the ladies might be really good at putting together events. You're a very good planner, right? Think of planning for a wedding. What does it take so that, so that you have a successful business or a successful event? It takes planning. If your prayer life is important to you, you need to plan for it. You need to sit down with pen and paper or in front of your computer and think beginning of the week. What times of the day am I, am I going to pray? What exactly is that going to look like? You need to be ambitious but realistic, generous with your time because you're talking about your relationship with Christ, which is experienced primarily through the sacraments and your prayer life. So let me tell you what that looks like. For example, you begin the day with a uh, giving gratitude, giving, giving thanks to God and offering the day to Him, a simple, short prayer, as you wake up, as you get up in the morning or right before you leave your house to go to work or to go to school, then, of course, you need to pray before your meals and, and you need to think about what other times of the day you can incorporate prayer in, 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 in your life or in your week. The rosary, if we can, we should be praying the rosary daily. What time of the day would it be more easy or practical to do that? Perhaps during your commute. If you have a 30-minute 30 30 commute, 30 minutes should be enough for you to pray the rosary daily, if that's your intention. Uh, are you gonna? Are you available uh, at noon? Are you in meetings, or do you maybe get lunchtime during uh, right at noon? Well, you could pray the Angelus right before lunch. The Angelus is a very short prayer that you could do at 3 p.m. You could be doing the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. At the end of the day, you need to be doing. This is a must if we take our our our. our spiritual life serious, we must be doing an examination of conscience every day so that we can look at the day and how we have behaved or responded to God's uh, grace and 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 resolution, resolve to do better the next day, right? So that's what a day looks like. What does the week look like? What day of the week can I commit to going and sitting for one hour or 30 minutes or five minutes, if that's what, all I have, in front of the tabernacle. Thursday is a good day. The church tells us that Thursday is an excellent day to go and talk to our Lord in any tabernacle that's close to us. And 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 so on, right? You can think about the month and how often am I going to go to confession? How often am I going to incorporate that into my life? So prayer needs to be structured. And, and I see that Norma joined us on the stage, so I would love to hear Norma. Norma's new. So, Norma, if you just click the little microphone on the bottom right, you'll unmute yourself. There. Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new here, so, but thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. You know, I'm a single mom uh, with five kids, and uh, I, I, since I was little, I remember making my, the prayer just, just part of my life, you know. Uh, once I started having kids, I taught them how to pray, and uh, that's what they do. We don't leave the house without praying. Uh, even when, I mean, to me, it's just so easy because I made it uh, a daily habit. You know, it has to be part of my day. I even have a prayer on my on my office here on the wall, just so that for a reminder, just in case I forgot. You know, but. It, it, that is so important, you know, to make it a part of your day. Like you're saying, you know, when you go out and have lunch with a friend, just make sure you pray. Um, I just wanted to share this because, like I said, I taught my kids how to pray and make sure you don't leave the, the house without praying because that's your protection. That's your protection for the whole day. And I, I last week, my daughter... She she works. She goes to school and she works. She's 17. And she was telling me, you know, how she was talking to the boyfriend because she has this boyfriend and she was having a discussion about the praying because he he doesn't pray because he doesn't know how to pray. So she was kind of teaching him how to pray. And 
And she told me, Mom, I don't understand why nobody will pray, you know, every time I leave work. Because I leave at 9 p.m., I have to make sure I pray that God takes me home safe, you know. So I'm so proud of that because it's it has to be. Like, I just feel it, if I leave my house and I don't pray, like, if the minute I remember, you know, because with after, if you don't, I feel like if you don't pray in the morning, you get so caught up with work and the everyday, um, just we're we're all busy all day, you know. The, then it's it's really hard to remember. And then after, you know, sometimes even when I'm at work, I just look at my the building and say thank you God for for this job because especially in these times, you know, what a better time to to make it a the prayer part of our lives, you know, because. It, not everybody has a job. <laughs> not everybody's healthy. So that, I just wanted to share that, Christopher. I just think that we have to make it a part of our life. Once once you start doing that, it's like brushing your teeth, you know, just start praying, you know. You make it a habit, and then you'll remember once you start doing it, you know, for a week, and it'll, it'll be, it will be hard to not remember that. Thank you. Thank you, Norma, for for praying uh, for praying every day with your children. What a great example you're giving them, and for sharing that with us. And we have we still have some time in the room, but perhaps it's a good time good time for a short uh, reset. Yeah, of course. Yeah, this room has gone by so fast. Oh my gosh, I looked at the time. Holy cow! Um, but it's been great. Yeah. So today we have been and will continue for the next ten-ish minutes talking about reclaiming Christendom and. You know, we set we set this talk up in in looking at what the current situation is. So a lot of us think that, you know, Christian civilization civilization still is there and it exists and, and truly it, it doesn't. And we're standing on its ruins and we're talking about this this time of rebuilding. How can we rebuild and how can we reclaim Christendom? We're, st- we're talking about a lot of things. Most of our conversation has been about prayer, which is wonderful because that's where everything starts. Um, but we, do- we brought about these three subtopics of cr- uh, reclaiming Christendom as prayer, hard work, and determination. And we've had a great discussion um, about um, mostly prayer, which is awesome, like I said, and we'll continue having this conversation um, for the next 10-ish minutes. So um, thank you all for being here and for those of you who have shared your thoughts already, and um, we look forward to continuing. JP, you joined us. Go ahead. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Christopher. Uh, thanks for the reset. I, I really did think for the time that I've been here that it was about prayer, but I love, love, love the topic, and I think I think I love the fact that we are admitting that we are living in a post-Christian world, um, and uh, I think the combination of all three of those really sort of echoes back to you know uh, the Benedictine lifestyle of Saint Benedict and in what he faced in sort of this post uh, you know, civilization of, uh, in the ruins of Rome. And we sort of face something similar where we, through our prayer, through our hard work, through our determination and devotion can create intentional bubbles and communities of Catholicism where we preserve not only what we hold dear to our hearts, but we preserve the goodness of civilization as we know it. And so I think it's, it's such a great topic to talk about and I'm sad I missed the first half of it, but I'm glad to be here for the rest of it. Thanks, JP. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I know we we were we were on a, a long haul there with talking about prayer. So I'm sure if you joined halfway through, you thought that's what it was about. So yeah, thank you for sharing your thoughts and um, thank you for um, yeah talking about this this notion of reclaiming Christendom. Um, a couple of things that I just wanted to bring up before we start to wrap up um, is I. I tell you guys this every time, but every week I just type our topic into Google just to see what the heck's going to come up because oftentimes it's very interesting. And I did that today and all there were like no articles or anything about this topic. It was all books, reclaiming Christendom, reclaiming Catholicism. Um, there were like the, all the different kinds of ways you could say this topic. That was the title of a book. And it was just like, book after book after book. And that really hit me interesting because I, that brought about, you know, realizing that 
this is important and people are thinking about this and talking about this. And it's important that we as Catholics and Christians be aware of the current state of, of Christendom, but also our call to rebuild. And then third, I think the fact that multiple books have been written about this is stemming from this desire from all of us um, to have that world again where Christendom thrives. Uh, personally speaking, I I think about, I'm like, what would it be like if, if like Christians were well-respected or if Christians, like, if that kind of thinking and that morality was more lived out and, or, and, you know, just more rampant in our society in a good way. And, and, you know, that's just one example, but I think this is an important topic and I'm so glad that we're talking about it. And it sounds like a lot more people outside of this room are thinking about it and writing about it and reading about it as well. So, um, keep, keep thinking about this and keep talking about it and, and keep, um, finding ways that you can do this. I know that we mostly talked about prayer today, but there's so much more um, that we can add on. Of course, everything starts with prayer, that, but that we can build off of prayer in our lives. And, um, you know, this notion of, of hard work, understanding that it's not going to be easy, but Christ is there to help us through it. And then this determination, maybe not in the normal sense that we think of determination, like I said, but in this way of being determined to share not only our lives with others, but the gospel with others. That's the kind of determination that we're talking about when we talk about this determination in this topic. So just wanted to share those final thoughts. Christopher, I'm sure you have a few things to share as well, but thank you all again for being part of this discussion. Um, What a great one. Well, we're almost uh, out of time, and I do want you to do that great summary that you always do at the end of our rooms there. And so I just want to say before I ask you to do the summary and we close that uh, I'm so excited to see this room continuing to grow every week. We, We were averaging 20 people per week when we started then it has grown to it grew to 25 now we're at 30 people per, so slowly but gradually it's growing and every week we have more and more people so please continue to ping people into the room tell others i love to see new friends i also love to see uh, old friends not because they're old i'm the only one only one that's old but because i've known them for some time if you are a tepeyak leader which means that you have gone through the tli program which is a leadership development program for Catholic professionals. And if you have your TLI photo, please show it, at least when you're joining the room. I, th- I just think it's so cool. It makes me so proud to see you showing your TLI colors. Uh, that's all I got to say for now. Erin, would you please uh, bring us to that wonderful summary that you always do for us? Yeah, of course. It's a good one today. Um, so Christopher started us off by sharing Um, Of course, setting the stage for the room as he always does. But a couple of things I wanted to point out that he said, first is the mission has not expired. It is continuously going. Um, Wow. (laughs) So in talking about, you know, we're standing on the ruins of Christian civilization, that doesn't mean that there's no more mission. The mission keeps going. We have to pick it up and take and and live it and and take it along with us in our communities and our networks and to keep living this call from God. So amazing way to start this conversation off. Um, secondly, he said there's no saint without prayer or there are no saints without prayer. Um, so true. And, and I think this conversation today really echoed that. I mean, most of the time we spent together was talking about prayer. I think we all of the under, in this room understand how important it is. Of course, as humans, it's hard sometimes for us to live it out each day, but we understand its importance and we truly cannot become saints without that conversation and that relationship with God. So, um, yeah, no saint without prayer. Um, awesome quote. <laughs> um, Delilah shared that we need to get out of our heads. Um, that was part of a bigger uh, thing that she was saying, but just 
understanding that this this life, this time is not about us. It's about God and his his will and his call, his mission for us. And we need to get out of our own heads and and look around and see the things that we can be doing and the ways that we can be bringing him to others. She also shared that prayer is about being present and open to hear the guidance, open to hearing the guidance. Um so true. I think our conversation about prayer today really shared that or showed that some of us struggle with with that with that presence and with that openness. But that's truly what it's about. It's not about reciting things. It's not about, you know, I mean, of course, having it scheduled, like Christopher said, is important because we do need to approach it as if it's something that is the most important thing, which it is. And if scheduling it is the best way to do that, then great. But we need to understand that the reason for prayer is being present to God and open to hearing what he has to say to us. Um, Vanessa shared an awesome book that I am now going to have to add to my list as well, <laughs> The Benedict Option. Um, she brought a couple, brought about a couple things from that book, Moral Excellence and Love and sanctity and stability were just four of the topics that it sounds like had an impact on her Um and that that book talks about. So if anyone's looking for a book to read, sounds like that's a good one. Um, Elizabeth brought up this notion of sometimes it feels like we can just be reciting ropes. I actually love that statement. I don't want to say like, you know, that that's something that we all um, maybe feel or experience, but often it can be. Um, so going back to what Delilah said, that prayer is, is about that presence and openness. And, and sometimes if we can try to approach the rosary or the divine mercy chaplet or these other prayers, um, and so it doesn't feel like a recitation of them, um, we, we should do that. So thank you for sharing that, Elizabeth, and being so vulnerable, because I know it is, it's, it's hard. And we learned that today. Prayer is hard for everyone. So <laughs> thank you for sharing all of that. Um, Christopher said that everything we do is an opportunity to converse with God. Absolutely. I think our conversation um, really exposed, exposed that today. And if your prayer life is important to you, you need to plan it. Another awesome quote from Christopher, which um, we've talked about multiple times in this room, but just in the same way that we plan get-togethers with friends and family, why are we not planning our get-togethers with Christ? Just something to think about and another way to put that. So thank you, Christopher, for sharing that. Um, Christopher gave us an example of daily prayer as well as weekly or monthly prayer. Um, some examples for daily prayer, starting the day with gratitude and giving thanks to God, praying before meals and doing a daily examination of conscience. And then weekly, weekly is probably great, but monthly, if you, if you need to make it that, um, adoration and confession. And then Norma uh, finished us off with sharing some awesome stuff. One of the quotes I got down was, no better time to make prayer a part of our, there is no better time than now to make prayer a part of our lives. So thank you, Norma. Couldn't agree more with that. Um, thank you for letting me share. That was a, a long-winded, but a lot of good stuff from this room today. So thank you all so much for being here and for sharing. That was great, Erin. I don't know how you do it. How do you take note of all of this great content while at the same time being one of the providers of the content? Amazing. <laughs> so let us wrap up. Uh, please follow us, follow Erin and follow me. And I invite you to keep the conversation going on our Telegram group where you can find the image of the week. This is something new that we started this week. If you click on my or Erin's profile, you can see a short link that will take us to our Telegram group Please join our Catholic Leadership for Civil Society Telegram group and you will find every week right before we open the room, we're going to have a beautiful piece of classical art that promotes the topic of the day of the week. And that will be the image of the week. Today we have a, a beautiful image of the Crusades, a battle as part of the Crusades that uh, you know talks about this idea of reclaiming Christendom. You can see that image every week if you join our Telegram group. Find the link, link in our in our profiles. Also, don't forget to join the Catholic Professionals Club. We are part of the Catholic Professionals Club here on Clubhouse. So hopefully you can join that as well. And join us live on Clubhouse Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific. If you like what you have heard today, listen to it again or share it 
through our weekly podcast. You can find that podcast on all platforms. Just look for Catholic Leadership for Civil Society. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. And I want to thank everybody who participated today. Remember, this conversation, this room is an invitation for each one of you, each one of us, to step into the leadership role God has for us in civil society. Why? Because if not now, when? If not us, who? Have a beautiful and blessed week. Take care.